That should be enough time. But before we get started, a little, uh, little bowl so we can get the get the smoke going, get the scent going. Para los espiritos malos. Yes, yes. So what's going on, you guys? It's Monday once again. <coughs> it's Monday once again, and I'm coming back to you with another episode of Mondays Are Dope Podcast. Uh, this one's going to be a little different. This was the first one that I did on Zoom. So the audio might be a little different. Um, there were a couple parts, maybe the, the sound clipped a little bit. But you know what, you guys, it's what it is. Uh, we're in a pandemic. It's the Rona. Big up everybody who hopped into the chat right now um into the live video i've told you guys many times before if you guys want to be uh, be in this um if you guys want to be part of the sesh just fucking hit those note hit those uh live notifications on uh, on the gram and you can you can sesh with your boy but yeah i just wanted to get in here a little bit and talk to you guys before uh before the the episode starts and let you guys know that uh my buddy alex hooper he has a special coming out this thursday so make sure you guys go fucking subscribe to his YouTube channel. It's a uh, Alex Hooper comedy, real easy to find. Um, yeah, go check that out. The special is coming out this Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, you know, if you guys like people being a silly goose, especially being a silly goose abroad, then you guys should check out his special. He, he goes to London. It's a it's a good time. And uh, make sure you follow him on Instagram at Hooper Hairpuff. Um, and like I tell you guys at the beginning of every episode, fucking drink your water, make sure you scrub your balls cause ain't nobody want no stinky balls going on. So enjoy the podcast, you guys. Check, check, check. One, two, three. You guys, it is Monday once again. I'm your boy Damon Monday, and I am here today with a guest who I'm very excited to have on. Uh, I got my man Alex Hooper in the building virtually through a screen. And uh, yes, yes, Mondays are dope. Alex, can you say hello to the people? Hi, everybody. Yeah, we are doing this virtually. Damon wanted me to come over to his house, but he lives with his grandmother, and I didn't feel like murdering an old lady today. So I am, even though I'm I'm COVID-free currently, I still didn't want to go over there and, you know, accidentally, like, stab her or something like that. I wasn't worried about infecting her. I just sometimes accidentally murder people. It's just one of those things that happens. Hey, you know what, man? Living in a time today, what, what, what else? What else do you need, huh? What else do you need? A little, a little, a little mass murder on a small scale to get the day started. Better than coffee. Yeah, agreed. Even though I am drinking coffee right now because I didn't have time to go out and do a mass murder. But if I did, I definitely wouldn't need this Java right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly, brother. Well, hell yes, man. So we were talking a little bit uh, right before I hit record. And um, I was curious if you remember where we first met. So I don't. I thought I had the answer, but it turns out it was earlier than that. So go ahead and indulge me. <laughs> so I am I'm Abdullah and Josh's doorman. So I was the doorman for the yes, shit show and for cut, show. And, cut yes. and dry. Yeah. 
So yeah, so um, yes. I remember you came down and you were you were asking uh, like, oh, do you know where uh, where the green room is? Or maybe you asked for Abdul or something. And I was like, oh man, that's the guy from Instagram, and I recognized you because I think you had just started slacklining um around uh, that time yeah, i'd probably i've been doing it for maybe like a year and a half I okay think, cool point, maybe or so yeah right on because i remember seeing the video on your instagram and i was like yo i had just seen this like a couple weeks ago at the park and i had never seen it before and you were doing it and i was like man this is the coolest dude ever and then also um <laughs> your uh your your hair the mustache it's a uh, it's, it's hard to miss and it's hard to not recognize yeah, I mean, very much so. I mean, I very, I, I have this William murder face look that I just can't get rid of, you know. Um, but I very much. Anytime somebody says like, "I think I've seen you somewhere before," I'm like, "Yeah, you probably have. Otherwise, you like, I have one of those faces that it's kind of difficult to forget." Uh, sometimes people are like, well, sometimes people will walk into me and be like, "Hey, man." Um, you kind of look like that guy from America's Got talent is that you know who i'm talking about i'm like yeah if anyone else has this face i feel very bad for them <laughs> like this is an this is not that i hate my face but this is just a very very recognizable look oh absolutely absolutely and uh speaking of america's got talent that was a lot of fun so i had seen the clip of your first time going up before before you came to the shit show i had seen that i think it, it like popped up on instagram or something like that and you know i'm a big fan of you know, roast comedy, stuff like that. Um, you know, it's all, it's always a good time. I love giving my buddies a hard time and I love watching the roast on Comedy Central, whether it be, you know, um, as the uh, Howie Mandel told you, uh, compared you to Don Rickles, I love seeing Don Rickles talk to his boys, you know, um, you know, even, even oh, yeah. before, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of PC things going on now and stuff. So it was, it was always really cool to, you know, see old videos of, you know, Don Rick was talking about, you know, being a Jew, being a being a WAP, you know, and he would say that to his buddies and everyone was just in shock. And you would see that his friends were having such a good time. So it was a lot of fun seeing you on AGT the first time. And then after knowing you from uh, after following you after the shit show and stuff, I was really excited. My mom watched it. My lady, we were over here and it was it was just a, it was a really good time. So one, congratulations for for getting that. And you've. uh Thanks. And I, I think it's really cool that you did that for for comedians because a lot of t a lot of times people overlook the comedians in you know shows like that, and it's a it's an art form just like the guy who won this year, you know it's a, it's something that's not yeah, always Lee. yeah exactly I haven't listened to the episode that you've done with him yet on your podcast um, yet but I just finished the uh, the one with uh, your buddy who was talking about a uh, mental health in 2020 I think it was. Uh, the Rajiv, episode Rajiv, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. I'm a brilliant, brilliant comedian. I've known him since I started, basically, and he's just uh he's the only comedian that has done stand-up on all seven continents. No way. He did stand up in Antarctica, which is just insane. Like, I mean, I I know he did it just to like do it but it's one of those like the ultimate comedy question of like oh who books that what penguin do right. i need to email so i can go perform in antarctica but yeah he's great but he, it was one of those things where like he's a very optimistic person he's super positive much like myself and he hit me up it was like alex i'm struggling dude this year is getting to me and my psyche and i'm like i'm having 
trouble maintaining this light within me. So we had a really deep, honest conversation about like what, how, two people who consider themselves, you know, very positive and optimistic have what this year has done and how we've had to face ourselves um, when we can't rely on all of our external distractions. Yeah, man, absolutely. And you guys touched on something, or you you had said something that I really resonated with. Um, you had said that you thought, you know, before all this, you thought you had gotten that depression out of your system. Yeah. And... um. When I heard that, I was kind of, I was realizing, I mean, you know, I'm, I have also, you know, struggled with that, um, you know, up until what I thought was maybe a, a year or so ago. I mean, I'm 25, so um, I've just kind of started to, to kind of learn to work with it. Um, I, I attribute a lot of that to the first uh, Magic Mushroom uh, trip that I took. Um, really kind of opened me it. up a lot. Yeah, exactly, man. It uh, It opened me up a lot, and I've kind of been thinking about things in a different way, and I've noticed that you know, in the past year or so, uh, prior to to the pandemic, I was just finding myself to be just content with myself for the first time in my life. And I was just happy. I was kind of doing more things that I enjoyed doing and kind of not really worrying about, you know, specifically what my dad thought, what my siblings thought, because, you know, I've always kind of been, you know, that black sheep, but I've learned to kind of embrace it. And uh, the psychedelics really kind of showed me who I was and the beauty in being yourself. So when you were Dude, saying, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's super dope. It's super dope. And when you had said that you had thought you had gone through that and it came back during this, I've kind of realized in the past couple of weeks, you know, I, um, I got laid off from, uh, from the office job that I was working, you know, so the, the stable income for me to be able to pursue, you know, stuff like this, doing stand up, yeah, you man. know, all that. Sorry to hear that. So, uh, oh, I, I appreciate it. It's all good. And it, it actually being a huge blessing in disguise because when I left there, uh, that first, uh, or that stimulus check is what got me on my podcast gear. So oh, great. So oh, that yeah, was dude. a lot of fun. So there, there was a silver lining, but you know, because I've kind of been, you know, I've been realizing, uh, oh shit, like the money starting to run out, the savings, I had to t- tap into savings to pay my car payment the other day. And I was like, oh man, this is crazy. You know, I've been with my lady for a long time. Uh, we're going on, uh, six years this coming week actually the night your special comes out it's going to be six years so there's been a lot of pressure now, uh, that's actually why i chose that day because <laughs> i wanted to celebrate you guys by making it all about me so oh, man. congratulations on six years everybody and yeah watch the london special that we'll talk about later on yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> but yeah you know kind of going back and forth with her and kind of i've been in this funk where like you were saying i don't want to get out of bed and i'm realizing it's you know four o'clock in the afternoon and i'm still wearing the shirt that I wore yesterday and I yeah. still only have one sock on, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's just this funk and it was really refreshing to hear someone like you, you know, who I see, you know, on social media and, you know, social media always gives this, uh, this other impression of people. You're so positive and you're so much fun to be around and to watch. It was really, um, I don't want to say, uh, relieving, but it was, it was nice to know that, you know, someone as positive as you can also be, uh, you know, in a funk because Human. all my friends think, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I tend to forget about that a lot. I tend to think, man, no one else is worried well, about what they're doing tomorrow, you know? No, I mean, the thing about that, like, I'm extremely honest in my emotions and what I want to convey as to who I am as a person. So while the 
a large part of me is just like, let's go have fun all the time and love as many people as we can and put on rainbow sequins and dance around the magical bubble world. Like I am like that, but there are times when that darkness creeps in and it overtakes the light and I have to figure out how to reckon with that. And it was one of those things where I used to be so depressed and so bitter, angry. I mean, I could come up with a thousand words of how much of, of a hated life and everything. But when you work on yourself for so many years, you just get to this point where it's like, I think I'm over it. And I've done enough psychedelics. I've gone do, gone deep into meditations and different like plant medicine ceremonies and stuff, trying to dig more out of me never found more. So I kind of just thought like, okay, maybe I did deal with it. And then 2020 comes along and takes away so many of the things that I hold dear, stand-up comedy, festivals, concerts, seeing friends, you know, simple things like that, not being able to go anywhere this year. Like um, suddenly, yeah, those thoughts come in again and they're just like but wouldn't it be fun if you just like ate the eight ice cream sundaes and then got into your bed and just masturbated for 40 hours straight and i'm just like i mean maybe it would be but i don't think that's a good idea brain <laughs> so yeah man it's it's rough and i will say the antithesis of that how i how i've countered that this year is by going outside to play a lot. I'm a 35-year-old man, and I go outside and play every single day, whether that means tennis, slacklining, going to the beach, just running around the park, hiking, whatever it may be. I really am like a little kid. I go outside every single day for my recess. Hell yeah, man. You know, you got to. You got to. I hear there's a couple kids in my apartment complex. I hear them having their recess, and a couple times I've just gone out there and done laps with them there's a little there's a little area where they the i think the, he's like nine and the little girl is maybe like six and they're out there with mom just running around and i was like oh i think that's what i need to do and then after that that's when i started you know kind of working out going outside getting that vitamin d from the sun you yep. know it's it's so important that's when i realized you know oh shit okay yeah going outside is uh it's a it, it hits a little different sometimes you know what i mean everybody needs that and it's, it's crucial mm-hmm Exactly. Yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, look, if you are deep, if you are depressed, get on your feet, put some good music or something in your ears, go for a walk, and just like let the sun hit you. Look at a tree for a while. Watch a flower that has just blossomed, and actually like stand there and look at it, and realize there's so much magnificent beauty in this world that you just have to kind of get over your own bullshit sometimes to realize that you are a very small insignificant yet completely significant cog in this machine right. you know it's like that whole you ever you, i'm sure you've seen the picture before of the galaxy and it has an arrow and just says you are here yeah. and it's it's meant to make you be like just so you know it's not that important like you know you can look at that two ways one you can be like it's not that important or or b you could be like oh well i'm part of this universe which means it is important but also I'm just a very small part of it. So it doesn't like the things that are riding over my head don't necessarily need to dictate how I live my life. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, very well said, actually. Very well said. 
Um, Thank you. I, I, I'm a modern day philosopher. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. That's one of the things I love about your podcast. You take ideas, you know, that are kind of everyday, you know, thoughts that people have and you break them down into a way where it's both silly and serious at the same time. And it really it really makes me think a lot. Um, like I, I, I do love well, your podcast. I was being sarcastic with that comment. So I don't want anyone to be like, <laughs> oh, oh no, <laughs> listen to this. Je ne sais quoi, modern day philosopher. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. I really, I, I was being sarcastic, but I do, I read a lot of personal development books. And so I pick up a lot of tips along the way of like how to get out of your own head. And yeah. So I, yeah, I'm got, and, and thank you for listening to the podcast. I mean, I really do think that's where I, I think that's one of my more important projects that I've done over the years, just because it is like, people don't really know who I am. If you've only seen me on stage or on TV, especially, especially if you've only seen me on TV, you really don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. um, so the podcast is a very good insight into, Hey, I actually have a heart and a soul and I care about people. And I want to talk about the hardest things in our life. And I don't just want to be this like, you know, colorful roasty asshole all the time. Like that's just, that's for select moments, you know? Right, exactly, exactly. That's when the love comes out. That's when the love comes out. But yeah, yeah. you guys go listen to Achilles imagine Heel. If I was like that, can you imagine if I was like that Rose character all the time? Like I was just running through life in fur coats and unitards, just walking up to somebody at the bank and just being like, ooh, tell her, would you mind telling me what's in my account today? And they would just be like, what the what is happening right now? What like, do you want I right am now? a real person underneath all of that. Hell but yes, yeah. the point is, listen to Achilles Heel, everybody. It's a great podcast. Yes, At yes. least according to me, the Absolutely. person who runs the podcast. That's right, man. That's right. It is really good. Um, the first episode I had heard, um, when uh, I think, I'm assuming you did it around the time that you did uh, the shit show. Uh, with uh, You did an episode with Abdullah, right? Yeah. So... I think I believe mm -hmm. that was the first one I heard. Yeah, his was self-loathing. I mm -hmm. believe. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I think his was self-loathing was his Achilles heel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's you know that's what one thing I've come to love about that doing that podcast so much is when I first thought about Achilles heel, I thought like major ones like anxiety, depression, um, cancer, you know, things like that. And then these people come to me with things like indecision and self-loathing and control, rejection. I just did one on belonging. And I'm just like, all oh. these things that I never think about are part of a, the human struggle. And it's so interesting to break down and really deep dive with my guests as to how like why this affects their life so much and all and it was funny is like all of the cases may be individual but they turn out to be completely universal once we start talking to them that's why i think uh people really resonate with the podcast is it doesn't matter what the topic is or who the guest is you're gonna find something in there that relates to you yeah absolutely man and that's what i love about podcasts because it, it was podcasts and it was mainly comedians speaking on you know their own personal struggles you know the way their brain works and um you know it kind of made me realize like oh i'm not i'm not the only one who thinks that i'm a i'm an i'm an like imposter syndrome when i first heard joe rogan talk about imposter syndrome with mark norman i was like oh that's a thing like this this weird yeah. feeling i've been having like that's a thing and then you know just all this stuff and just being able to relate 
to people, I think that's what makes podcasting so great because you get to see, you know, a different side of people because, you know, just like, just like you, a lot of my friends think I'm just this happy-go-lucky guy. I'm always smoking weed, always playing, you know, some dubstep, some house music, you know, just something. I'm always having a good time and things like that. And they don't see, you know, uh, until like they listen to the podcast, they're like, oh shit, bro, I didn't know you didn't talk to your dad. Like, don't you, don't you live like 30 feet from him? I'm like, yeah, yeah but you know, man, like, certain things stick with you and certain things are hard to get over and stuff like that. And you can be happy and positive all the time, but shit, when I'm around my pops, it's hard. It's hard. You know what I mean? I bet, man. I mean, what, uh, have you guys ever been close? You know, and that's the thing, man. We were super close. We were super close for a long time. And it was, it was around the time where, you know, I kind of started realizing like, oh, you're coming home at four o'clock in the morning because you weren't just, out playing softball with your friends and hanging out with your friends. You were getting drunk. You were coming home and fighting with mom, stuff like that. You know, it was, you know, I would wake up and just, oh, time for school. I'm going. Uh, mom's upset about something. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I think I heard dad's car come home really late and I might have woken up a couple times, but hey, that's just, that's just what growing up is. You know, that's just part of being a kid. You know, dad comes home late and it's just whatever. But when I got into high school, I started realizing, you know, certain things and I was like oh you know this uh this isn't this isn't super cool because I remember actually the first time I heard about divorce I think I was in like seventh or eighth grade and my buddy said oh yeah I was with my mom this weekend and uh, I'm gonna go to my dad's house next weekend and I was like what the hell like why and he goes oh you know my parents separated blah 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 and I'm like oh shit my parents are like sleeping in different rooms like hey so I went home and I was like hey mom why don't you uh my buddy was telling me about like this thing divorce why don't you get a divorce from my dad (laughs) And she was like, and in seventh grade, she told me, oh, baby, if uh, divorces weren't so expensive, I definitely have divorced your dad already. And I was like, holy oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I what was like, wow. Thing to hear. Yeah, man. So I was like, oh, shit. So like that was stuck in my head. And then, you know, my, uh, this, uh, my, my girlfriend that I'm with right now, she's my first like girlfriend that I've told other people that she was my, I mean, like I, when I've dated girls before i was like oh yeah baby you're my girlfriend i'll hang out with you yeah yeah you'll come over you'll meet the family but like it, it never happened you know what i mean because i just I, I was so scared of right going back into that loop of my parents or you know being stuck with someone who i didn't want to be with which is an unfortunate situation but you know what that's what life is they were young they had kids and they they worked it out and shout out mom for for working it out you know for the kids yeah, good for them, man. I mean, if they if they can get over their own bullshit and just be like, look, we can be civil to each other, even if it, this isn't the maybe the ideal marriage that we were planning for, if we can at least still like each other and even love each other a little bit, even if it's, you know, tensious between mm-hmm. us, it's still, I mean, you know, if they were able to stay together for you guys, that's, that's great. I mean, I come from a very divorced home, so I yeah. get it. A hundred percent, man. Yeah, man. And but you know what? That's it's life. That's what it is. And I don't think I'd be doing this if uh, my parents were happy. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, that's for sure. I mean, there's always there's always got there's usually something fucked up about you if you're a comedian. Usually, I know a couple people where it's like, what didn't happen to you? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like uh, you're you're doing this exactly. Like like Annie Lederman. That that's a she's got a pretty crazy story. Oh, she's got. Oh yeah, well no, that's what I'm saying. Is she's got skeletons by all yeah. means. I'm talking about the people who are so seemingly normal that oh. you're like, why comedy for you? That's, <laughs> that's what funny. I mean. Like Annie's Annie's great, 
but she's you know she's fucked up great yeah, yeah. <laughs> like most of us are but there's a few but there's a few people that i'm thinking of and i'm not going to name names but i'm like you're just way too normal to be doing this and also be very good at it why are you so good at it when nothing ever happened to you yeah you know like, that's- i, I want to go like touch them myself like i want to go inappropriately touch them just so they have a story right exactly let me give you some inspiration <laughs> oh man but uh um, oh yeah Another thing I wanted to ask you about, I know you're a festival guy. I know uh, you did the uh, the Dirty Bird live stream a couple weeks ago. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Was, uh, was, was that in Burbank, that, uh, that, that park that you filmed it at? No, that was in Poinsettia Park Poinsettia. In, uh, in Hollywood. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought yeah, I... It's just... Uh, um, yeah, so they're doing a show on Wednesdays, like next to the baseball field at the bleachers. Uh, so I filmed it there because Dirty Bird wanted. I was I thought we were going to actually live stream, and they were like, "It's very complicated on the Dirty Bird side. Can we just can you just film a set and then get it to us?" And luckily, I had an outdoor show like the week before, so it just made sense that I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna, it's actually better that I'll send you this than I just perform to my phone and can't hear anyone laughing. I'd rather you." watch something that i've already done in front of people yeah yeah speaking of uh performing to your phone how i i didn't get a chance to tune into the uh, the cat show this past weekend but uh how how was that oh it was it was fine it was good i guess i have no idea what these things look like on the other end like that's the thing is like i literally i get invited to a cat cafe which i'm allergic to cats but i value comedy over my own health so i go anyway <laughs> take a Zyrtec and go, I'm literally performing for like five people and like 20 cats, but it's being live streamed. So I don't know how many people are watching it on the other side or really even what it looks like, or if I'm doing well at all. So all of those things are just such bizarre experiments. And I've kind of just learned to not really care like i don't like and that's not to say i don't put effort into that i put anytime i'm on i'm performing i'm going a hundred percent but i don't really it's hard to know what the result is with any of those because you can't you don't know what's on the other side like i could have made the biggest fan of my entire life somebody could be watching that going dude i've got a 10 million dollar movie about to uh, about to start production this guy's going to be my lead i love him so much or it could just be one person sitting on on their couch eating popcorn dropping it down their shirt just going like what the fuck is this guy talking about i don't know what's on the other side but i just do i i pretty much like do everything i can as long as i can fit it into my schedule because i because you don't know you don't know where anything's gonna lead to like you were all like look Hey, peek behind the curtain, everybody. Damon was super surprised when I said yes to do his podcast. Yeah. Oh, which man. is so funny to me because, it, dude, it's really funny to me when people are like, I can't believe like Alex Hooper is going it, to, it's because to me, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, um, I don't work. I sit at home most of the day. Like, I don't have anything to do. So I'm so happy to talk to friends and fans and fellow comics and things like that, whatever, like. This right is, on. This is fun for me. Yeah, you know it's a lot of fun for me too, man. So yeah, I was I was super nervous, and you know I even bringing up the podcast to you when we did meet uh, up at that Zach Miller show um, when I had formally introduced myself to you, I was even nervous mm-hmm. about bringing up the podcast. I was like, man, this guy's got a great podcast. 
He's got, he's always has great guests. Like Sean Patton is one of my favorites. I love him. I love his stories. I love his style, his cadence. Oh, I love all I love of Patton, it. Dude. And, uh, I believe his was like OCD. If I his remember correctly, one of the one of the funniest. Like it's one of the funniest episodes I've ever done. I think I I I love. He did OCD, <laughs> and the it's it. He's just he's such a good storyteller that if anyone ever like, I, it's hard. People are always like, "Oh, what's your favorite episode? What's your favorite guest?" I can't choose that by any means, but I can tell you like the Sean Patton one is probably is definitely like a top ten just because he is so fucking funny on it and breaking down ocd is already a very hilarious thing like it's an ocd thing to do to have to break down your ocd <laughs> right, right exactly. um so <laughs> for that reason alone like i just i love that episode a lot yeah but yeah i i uh you know wait i want to jump back to festival for a second because you're a festival guy too like you go you used to go to like a lot of like you know, like festivals raves concerts mm. things like that right yes Dude, that has been that has been the one of the shittiest parts of this year for me. And people that don't go don't understand. They're like, "Oh, you didn't get to go to your little party this year," and they they make it sound so frivolous. And I'm like, "You don't festivals for me have completely altered the course of my life. Like the way the reason why I am as comfortable with myself as I am is because of music festivals and just because of festivals culture as a whole of complete radical self-expression and creative freedom and just being able to be whatever you want to be that day has really just opened my whole world into really realizing that I can't be put in a box. I can, you can never contain me in anything. I'm free range, Alex Hooper, cage free. I need to run I need to run around, you know, no leash and festivals have taught me how to do that. And I would never, if it wasn't for festivals, I wouldn't be wearing that crazy shit that I wear on TV. I wouldn't have become this kind of, uh, I don't know, hyperbolized version of myself. I think in, in our life, the most important thing is to have definitiveness of purpose. You need to know what your purpose is so that every decision you make will lead to you furthering your purpose. And, you know, I look at it and every decision I make either ticks me up or ticks me down. If I make a good decision, tick up. If I make the bad decision, tick down. And if I keep going toward my purpose, I'm usually going to tick up, 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 up. And that's the main thing that I'm trying to do is just become this ultimate version of whatever I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm going to look like in 10 years, but if, it, if, if it's anything like it is in my mind, like it's almost like when, like when Rick and Morty become like giant robot versions of themselves or something, uh -huh. like where all of a sudden they're just these super powerful, we're putting on a suit and we can kick every single person's ass that's around us, you know, like alien blood running down my face. <laughs> that's kind of how, what I'm looking to grow into is finding oh, yeah. my super suit. That's just my own skin, but being able to live in that constantly. Dude. Hell yeah, man. That is once again, I said it a little while ago. Fuck so yeah, well dude. said. So well said. And you know, that's a, that's something that I never really took into consideration until, you know, all the festivals and concerts were gone because that had become s like such a big part of who I am as well. And you know, the whole self-expression, yeah. you know, kind of finding yourself, 
kind of, you know, just being comfortable in your skin, listening to this weird music, you know. And I think, you know, electronic music in general. I mean, I grew up listening to rock, hip-hop. You know, my dad uh, growing up would always have, you know, Beastie Boys, Wu-Tang, stuff like that. My mom listened to 311, Offspring, and Sade. So, like, I've got all this music going around all the time. So when I found electronic music, firstly, it it was hard style that I found. I was like, whoa, this is a little different. Oh, wow. It's super different, super yeah. weird. And then from there, I found dubstep. And I was like, whoa, aggressive, even weirder. And then eventually through the years, it got even even weirder, you know? So I was like, oh, man, this is super cool. This is something that I can relate to so much. And it really helped me, like, kind of open up and, you know, seeing other people out there just enjoying it. And, you know, you see people who are out there, you know, kind of moving in a type of way. And then you're hanging out with them and... They're completely coherent. They're not even doing drugs. They're just there having a good time. And I was like, wow, you look like you're having the best time here. I want to be like that because they found themselves in that culture, in that space. And they're able to just, you know, be comfortable being themselves, listening to some weird shit, wearing weird shit around a bunch of weird people and still feel like the most beautiful version of themselves. So that's, yeah, festivals are just something different. They're also just silliness factories. Like they are, I've never experienced so much hilarious shit in a single day as I will at a music festival. And that includes me being at a comedy festival. I will laugh way more at a music festival all day than I ever will at a comedy festival because you just see these people who, um, who you're like, this is your thing. Like, this is what you chose to do here like and i mean it's just that's what's so great about like things like burning man and like these other festivals like these ones that are really like done by the participants and things like that is because like people are just finding ways to just make you just delight you in every single corner everywhere you turn there's just something else funny to look at or experience and that and that i come back from festivals i do I do a lot of drugs. I run like, you know, 15 miles a day around those things. I'm dancing nonstop. I'm brutal to my body. And I still come back so charged, not depleted, but charged and ready to create because I'm inspired as fuck, you know, and that, that this year has, I've had to find other ways to find that motivation and that silliness. And that's definitely been a struggle for sure. But I mean, you know, we'll get them back eventually. And I'm trying not to lament the things that we don't have right now. I'm trying to pay gratitude to the things that we do. Right on, right on. Absolutely, man. Yeah. You can't, you can't gripe on it too much. Uh, But have you been watching any of like the live, uh, the live stream festivals? I did. Yeah. For in the beginning, I did a lot like, cause there were just so many going on and there still are, but like it really more so for me, like if I need some like background music or something, or if like my fiance and I are just like playing board games and we have them on, and the, yeah, have it on the TV or something, it's fine. But like for the most part, like just sitting around my house with like a DJ live stream on is just not my form of entertainment. Yeah. Like it's just a, it, I, I, I got into it as a novelty for a while but at this point, I just like, you know, it's not like I can't I can't just turn them on every single day. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm kind of I'm kind of in the same boat because in the beginning, you know, when Insomniac was doing, you know, every festival they had once a week and they just had super cool lineups. And, you know, it, it was fun. 
Because, I mean, I think that first, you know, maybe month of quarantine, um, I was just drunk and high for that first month. Yeah. You know, as soon as I uh, <laughs> as soon as I got laid off from the office job, I was like, oh, I don't have to be up at 530 in the morning to go fucking sit in a sit in a cubicle. Like, shit, I'm getting drunk. I don't even drink. But I went and I bought a bottle of rum and some pineapple juice. And I was like, we're getting it tonight. We're going to do it. And it's going to be a good time. And eventually it kind of started getting a little tired and i was like man i don't know like the festival aspect is such a big part of electronic music and you know or even just the the vibe in general is such a big part of electronic music because you know you can be in a in a dark club little boiler room type situation and it's just a vibe but when you've got you know a crackhead walking down the the street it's different you know yeah exactly it's such an energy and it's the people around i you can't describe to people who don't go to festivals what the or concerts what the energy is like. I mean, like literally, and I mean, like I mean, a concert is one thing because you know you get like an hour and a half or two hours of like getting blasted in the face with music, and you, everybody's like on the same wavelength, and you can feel it. But a festival for like three, four, or even like eight or nine days, like Burning Man, you're in that energy the whole time, and it's impossible to not just be in affected by it and be like and let it move all the way through you and let it kind of take over your body and let your and i really like i find myself like at festivals i have unlimited energy like i can go 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 because i'm just like if i see people that are running out of energy i like siphon it like i'm like like a hose from a bus like i just come up with like oh you're not gonna use your energy are you tired <laughs> give it to me mine now around for like another 20 minutes and then i find another person sleeping in a hammock i'm like oh, there's a person sleeping you don't need that energy give it to me you know and i'm just like a machine at those things and i mean my friends i like i have a big crew that we travel to festivals with and i literally like have one other person in the crew that can keep up with me and otherwise i'm just like annoying like i'm like guys we gotta run over here because this is about to start they're like alex we're gonna walk we don't need to (laughs) sprint everywhere and i'm just like fine i'll see you there boom and And you're like peter pan and i just take off to never never land second start of the ride straight on till morning motherfuckers i'll see you there that's where we're going baby that's where we're going for sure that's so funny actually um at a base rush massive a couple years ago uh that was the first time i'd gone to a festival with just uh my buddies like just my my guy friends who i hang out with we just smoke weed and kick it all the time they go to festivals with me, but, you know, my lady's always there. They always got a couple other friends and stuff like that. I went with them, and these guys are just total just dudes, you know what I mean? They they like to drink beer. They go to the fest. I mean, initially, my buddy was going because of the vibe, stuff like that. But then, you know, as the as he kind of, you know, got uh, got caught in his ways, they started going just for the girls, stuff like that, just going to get fucked uh-huh. up. So I kind of stopped uh, going to so many concerts with them just because, you know, the vibe's a little different. But we went to Bass Rush Massive and Adventure Club came on and um, they were playing a song. Uh, I believe it was Crash. And I heard it from like two stages away. Okay. And I was like, oh, shit, you guys, let's fucking go. And I, I took off. I just sprinted. And when I got there, I realized, oh, they didn't they didn't run with me. They're they're not here. Where did they go? Fuck it. <laughs> I'm here watching Adventure Club. I start crying. I start crying. I'm fucking loving it. I'm feeling everything. I'm singing my lungs out. And then they walk up and they're like, bro. 
I thought we were here for dubstep, bro. What are you doing? And I was like, no, we're here to feel our faces off, bro. We're here to vibe. We're here with these beautiful people and these beautiful sounds. Come on. You can't just be here for the pussy. And they're like, well, uh, I just left some pussy to come watch this adventure club with you. And I was like, man, oh, man. It's just a little bit ah. different. <laughs> it's a little different. But, you know, look, festivals I mean, are great. You got to tell them at that point, look, sorry, there's there's hotter chicks at the house stages. I'm sorry. There just <laughs> are. Like, you know, it's. You know, the, the the house and techno stages that's that that's where my people live like i i do it all like i really like dude i go i go super hard like german warehouse basement shit on your stomach techno mm-hmm. and i'll go straight from that to like happy ass robin disco tent just like ah yeah i i'm I go all over the place. I love, and the, and that's the thing is like, I love my happy like disco stuff, but there's, there's still that part of me that just loves to get dark and grungy and dirty and just get pounded in the face with a white strobe light when I'm in an all black room. And I'm just like, like oh, that's yeah. when I fucking talk to God, like during those sets, like house music, I'm like in a good mood and I'm just <laughs> tripping and dancing, but techno, I'm just like, what do you need me to do? Lord, I'm here for you. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Something about a hard baseline just, you know, really puts you, it, it brings you to the vibration of the world, man. Something about those heavy bass lines. It's a different, it's a different wavelength, man. It's absolutely a different wavelength, but, um, I, there is no Dana, only Zool. <laughs> only Zool, baby. Man, oh man. Oh, speaking of baby, um, uh, your your friend Temasal says that a lot. <laughs> what a weird transition you just did. Right. You know, because... Sorry, wait, wait, say that again. I'm, I'm just... <laughs> so with baby that's 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 what i went to because i say baby a lot and then i've noticed that since watching care bears with you guys she says it a lot too and i'm just like oh man this is so great because yeah, I, yeah i guess she does yeah yeah and it's just something that um i kind of you know resonated with a little bit because like people have told like i remember one time we were somewhere and uh, i was telling somebody oh yeah it's gonna be a party baby don't even worry about it. it's gonna be a party and then like my buddy was like yo did you just call that girl baby like in front of your your girlfriend and i was like bro i call you baby i call everybody baby that's just it's a vibe so when other people say it like i just i i feel it because you know that's it's love i love everybody i don't dislike anyone i want everyone to have a good time um so kind of so going back to to care to hair bears that's been a lot of fun i've been watching that uh that's been a cool like quarantine um quarantine show is that what if if uh if that's what I can yeah. call it, that's been a lot of fun. And, yeah, and I, I, I definitely, and I love that you've been stopping by in there as often as you have. Like, yeah, basically, like, I mean, my friend Tema, who I've known for so long, but we're not like we're not cl- like close or anything, or we weren't before this year. She just hit me up. She's like, "What if we do an Instagram live where we just play with our hair and basically just do it like a podcast where we just talk to each other?" And I was like, "I'm super into this. Let's do it." And I expected us to do it once. And I think we just did, I think today is episode 23 and we do everyone as a fundraiser for a different charity and we raise a little bit of money and it just kind of has been a way to not only get to know a friend during quarantine and actually get much closer to somebody, but also hold ourselves accountable to making sure that we are also being charitable and donating our money and things like that, which in a year like this is obviously very tough because, you know, I don't have a lot of money coming in necessarily but the way i look at spending money on things like that like charitable donations is if i give twenty 
$25 to $50 a week to some cause, I think it's going to come back twofold. I try to always think like that with my money. I think, okay, this goes out twice is going to come back. You know, every time I spend money, I'm like, I don't think like, oh, should I do this? I think this goes out more will come back. And so then by doing that, it's just, it's been a really good way. I don't even know. I mean, how much I've donated to charity this year, but way more than I ever have in my entire life, just because I feel like I was put in a good position this year where I was financially okay to take a break like this. And I just, I can't hoard my money. It's just not the way I operate. Like, you know, I have savings so that I'll be okay, but I'm not one of those people that's just that's super frugal and unwilling to give it out. I think money should be distributed. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing that I really love about your guys' show, um, that you guys have had, you know, a different charity every every week. And that's super cool. And then you guys even, you guys match all the donations that go into the show, which is super cool. I mean, um, yep. you know, it's 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 kind of, it's it's really inspiring. It's really inspiring. And when uh, after you guys started doing that, you know, I would see charities and, you know, I'm not able to do it all the time. But when I when uh, I think I think uh, I donated to the one that you guys did a couple weeks ago, um, when I see them popping up on Instagram, if I'm able to, I'll throw a little fiver, a little tenor in there, you know, when I can, because, you know, you're right. You putting yeah. that, that out there, it's going to come back. And that's, you know, karmic energy is such a big thing for me, because I feel like if you're going to put good in. You know, there's no reason why good shouldn't come back to you. You know what I mean? And that's been, it's been Definitely. super cool seeing also, you guys doing that. Like, Sorry about that. Go ahead. When you really think about like what, like for a while, no, it's okay. We're, for a while, like for the first few weeks we were doing up to, we'll match up to a hundred bucks each. Right. And we did that for a little while. Then we lowered it to 50. I think at this point we're both doing like, we'll match up to 25 just because we, you know, as it, as this pandemic stretches on longer and I still don't have work to speak of, I have to think a little bit about like long-term and how much I'm giving out. But also I think about like, what's $25. Like that's me going out to dinner one time. It's buying one record or something. You know, there's so many things like stupid things you could spend $25 on that why not give it to somebody who really needs it? And also $25 is never going to make or break me. At least I hope it doesn't. If I get to the point where $25 breaks me, then I've failed completely. (laughs) But hopefully, you know, I really... I really do think that way of just like, of just give it out and it will, it will come back, you know? And so, yeah, I've really, it's been one of those things where I kept thinking like, man, how long am I going to do this for? Like how, or how long are we going to do this for this hair bears thing? And I just see no reason to not do it because it's so, it's just an hour every single week. It requires no prep and people that stop by really enjoy it. And also then we're donating. so. It's a yeah. good thing. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Kind of staying on the uh, on the comedy topic. Um, kind of a question that, you, you know, so like, the, I'll be honest, the main reason why I did this podcast was to talk to comedians because I love comedy so much. Um, the first special I ever saw was George Carlin at Carnegie, uh, Carnegie Hall. I think I was in like fourth grade. Hell yeah. And it's just been like comedy is, is just like my favorite art form. Don't get me wrong. I love music. I love festivals, stuff like that. Uh, but 
my favorite art form is, Sir, is you comedy. Don't have, you don't have to. You know what I mean? uh, put, yeah, you you don't have to qualify that. Like you can say comedy is my favorite art form without going. I'm sorry, poetry. It's against <laughs> you. Right. Okay. So listen, Potter. Listen, pottery people. I'm not trying to say anything, but for me, yeah, you don't have to qualify that. But yeah. is my favorite art form too. Yeah. So um, when uh, when did you get into this? When do, when did you know that this might be something you wanted to do? Well, I can tell you my first show ever was March 9th, 2009. Um, and the second I got off stage, I knew that I was going to do this forever. Um, it was just this great feeling and exactly what I'd been looking for for a long time. I think I thought about stand-up comedy a lot growing up, but I never, I never thought I could do it. You know, I never had anyone tell me that I, how to do it or like you watch when you, when all you do is watch, like if your first special is watching Car- Carlin at Carnegie Hall, you don't watch that special and go, maybe I should be a comedian. You think like, whoa, this is a brilliant, masterful, once in a generation person that obviously he had to do comedy because there was nothing else. But that's not me. And then you realize when you start doing comedy that yeah, anyone can do this if you put the work in. Um, and so for me, it was just the second I found it, I was just like, it was like this giant weight off my shoulders. I'm like, oh, oh this is it. This is everything that I've been looking for. Finally, all my manic energy that I don't know what to do with, that it's coming out in angry Bits has a place where I can channel it and use it in a very constructive and healthy way. So for me, it very quickly became like, finally, I have something to write, to work on, to perform, and I can go out whenever I want. And I can go get on stage and open mic two or three times a night, anytime I want. And nobody can tell me not to. Yeah. So it just became this thing of like this, this instant addiction of like, I need this in my life so bad. And it has helped me find out who I am. You know, comedy is a voyage of discovery. And if you're really reflecting in on yourself, you're going to learn so much about who you are and where you're going. And I think the reason why I'm so positive in life is because of stand-up comedy. And because it gave me a reason to be confident and to show my intelligence and my style of humor and my wacky personality. Like, I can't, you know, I if I wasn't a comedian, where would I wear this shit, you know? <laughs> right, right. I remember once... I, my, my, my friend Andrew Norelli, who's a great stand-up comic, um, he had this bit about how, uh, how crazy people say, oh, Lady Gaga, so crazy that she wears this stuff. He's like, no, she's a pop star. If she was a real estate agent and she showed up in a dress made of meat, you would be very confused. Like right, that's, right. That would be crazy. Lady Gaga wearing this stuff is not crazy. Exactly. And that's kind of how I feel about it. Like I have to be a comedian if I want to be this fucking you know, weird ass version of myself. Right on, man. Right on. Um, so tell me about that, that first, uh, the first time you went on stage, was it, so it was an open mic and, uh, where, no, where were you? It was actually, a, it was a, it was a bringer show oh, uh, in really? Studio City, California. Yeah. My friend, my friend had been doing it for a little while out here and he was like, Alex, I can get you on the show. And I was like, okay, cool. Do it. And he was like, great. You're booked in two weeks. And I was immediately like, whoa, 
okay. He's like, yeah, you got to do six minutes in two weeks. And I was like, okay. So there was a, I wrote jokes, um, practice with a hairbrush in the mirror constantly. Um, there were about 50 people at the show. They said it was my first time before I went up there and I had a great set. And I don't just say that like, I was like, Oh, what's my memory? Like there's a tape of it. And I know it was a great set for my first time for my first time. I bombed like the next 20 times after that, because I had an overconfident self like image that was just, I couldn't live up to. Um, Cause well, that's, but you know, that first time everyone knew it was my first time and I was nervous, but I was also, I'd been acting for a, a large a large part of my life so oh, i okay. knew how to like stand on stage and talk um i just went so fast i talked a million miles per hour gave like no break for people to laugh like that was my biggest issue but as far as the first set goes I don't think I could have asked for much more and it was enough to like give me that spark of like oh this is the beginning well then Let's fucking let it ride, baby. Let's you throw know? it and out there's there. There's your baby. Yes, 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 man. Absolutely. That's so cool, man. Because um, so I remember I did my first set um after already working the shit show. Um, you know, I've been, you know, I kind of thought va- like very briefly. You know, I told you that I saw Carlin when when I was in like fourth grade. But also, I, uh, like you were saying, I never thought, oh, I can do that. I can do that. You know, or even watching the David Letterman show, I was like, oh, that's something that I, I can do. I just thought it was super cool. I was like, man, it would be so cool to just be this funny guy who just talks to celebrities all the time. So I remember when I went to my... Yeah, well, you think someone just anoints you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you exactly. Somebody just walks up and goes, oh, Damon, you could be a great stand-up comedian. Follow me through this door. And it's just right. not the way it works. Right, exactly. So, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off. Oh, no, 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 you're good, you're good. Um, but yeah, I remember the first one that I went to, I signed up. Uh, and it was maybe a year before we had started doing the shit show. I had signed up and, uh, the guy told me, he was like, all right, man, you're going to go next. And it was at like a, like a coffee shop in Burbank. And, um, he was like, you're going to be next. Uh, you ready to go? And I was like, oh yeah, 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 cool. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go grab a, a water real quick. And, uh, I left. I was just so nervous stage. For, I, I, I don't perform. Um, you know, like I never did plays in high school, anything like that. Public speaking wasn't really my forte. Um, aside from like the one when I would like host like rock shows, like when I put together a rock show, I would just be like, all right, the next band's going to be so-and-so blah, blah, blah. But it was a bunch of people who didn't even listen to me anyways. The music was on, they didn't care. So it was just, I was just going out there to, to be able to do, if they said, oh, we want you to say this before we go on that, that was all I had to do. So when I went to that first open mic, I was just so scared, so scared. I ended up going to another open mic. Um, I believe it was at a, what's that? It's right next to like Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, Flappers. Flappers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I went to Flappers um, and I paid the, the $5 for the five minute spot. And uh, again, mm-hmm. it was like, all right, man, you're going to go after this guy. And then I saw them like tell him when he was next. Same thing. I split. I was like, oh, shit. I don't know if I could do this. I'm too scared. Cut to a couple months later. I start working at the shit show. We're doing it. I'm around comedy all the time. You know, during like sound check and stuff, Abdullah would say, hey, Damon, go, go tell some jokes go tell some jokes. And I was like super nervous. And I would tell like old, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jackie Hartman jokes. I would just do like stuff like that. Or I would tell just bits that I already knew and stuff. Um, so that I kind of started Jackie getting, Hartman. Is I, that a real person? I believe it's Jackie Hartman. Jack, the joke man, Hartman, you mean Jackie Gleason. No, Jack, Jack, the joke man. Oh no. Jackie, the joke man, Martling. 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 There we the go. Howard Stern show. Yeah, there we go. That guy. 
I would start telling his jokes. And uh, there we go. Yeah, I, I was like, wait, that didn't it didn't sound right coming out. Thank you for uh, for calling that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I started doing those, and um, I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe maybe I can do this. You know, I'm around it all the time now. Abdullah's telling me that. You know, he's like, yeah, you're a funny dude. You should just do it. And um, you know, when I would be checking people in and stuff, I'd be cracking and he jokes. Was brand new to it at the time. Yeah, Abdul- exactly. Abdullah was brand new. Mm-hmm. He like he already had his own little bit of fame from being a TV host. But as far as stand up comedy goes, he was only like a few months into it yeah. when he started the shit show. Yeah, and that was that was a big part of like, oh man, like you know, you he like like you said, he was new to it. So I was like, man, he's he's doing pretty good. He's hosting a show. He's funny, and it's all. And he told me, dude, you just gotta you just gotta do it. You just gotta do it. So finally, uh, the shit show started in February. In October, I believe it was October 14th um, of last year. And um, I went to, a, again, a coffee shop. But here in Pasadena, um, shout out Magnus uh, for, for that show. I, I just looked up open mic on Facebook events. And I saw that there was one in Pasadena. And I was like, all right, this time I'm going to do it. This time I'm going to do it. And I went and there ended up being like six people there. Two of the people worked at the coffee shop. The other four people were other comics. <laughs> One of them was one of the comics' wife, and they were just there. And I was like, "Oh man, like this is uh, this is looking pretty rough." Like I'm, I'm, I was even more nervous because there were so few people there, and the other people that were there were just comics. And I was like, "Great, they're going to be the ones to judge me. They're going to be the ones to, you know, oh, who's this kid? Blah 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 blah." And I did it, and I remember as soon as I got up there and I hit, um, like as soon as I touched the mic, I was like, "Okay, go!" And then tunnel vision. Everything, everything sounded like mm-hmm. I was talking like this, and I had no idea what to do. And <laughs> I almost blacked out. I almost blacked out. I can hear like muffled laughs, muffled giggles. You know, everything kind of sounded like I was covering my ears, and I was just super, super nervous. And then finally, when I, I was like, "All right, guys," and the that that's all for me. Thank you very much. And I went off, and uh, one of the guys that was there he was like, "Dude, was this really your first time?" And I was like, "Yeah, man." Like I was just super nervous, and he goes, "Oh, like that wasn't bad at all." That was, you're you're funny. You should totally do this. Totally come back next week. Do it. Blah blah blah. blah this that, and the other. And I was like, oh man, like, they're everyone's just here to have a good time. Everyone's just, everyone came with the same idea as me. We just want to giggle. We just want to laugh. We just want to have a good time. And then from there, I was like, okay, you know what? I think I think this is something that I can do. And then from there, Abdullah. I think that Abdullah uh, let me do the show, uh, the serendipity. It was like a private party for somebody. Um, he ended up having me do uh, a five to open it up. And that was the first show that I had done that wasn't an open mic. And then from there, I was like, oh, shit, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And I had maybe only been doing it for maybe a month and a half, two months. And I was like, you know, this is something that I can see myself doing. And I'm just having so much fun. And I can finally, like you said, get this, just this angst and just this pent up energy that I don't know what to do with it. I can just do it here. And all these people, they're going to have to listen to me. My siblings are getting tired of hearing the same stupid jokes. My girlfriend, she's getting tired of hearing the same stupid (laughs) jokes, you know. My buddies have heard the same spaghetti joke 18 times. And they still laugh at it. But, you know, like now these people have no choice but to listen to me. And hopefully they laugh. And if they don't, hey, my parents don't laugh at my jokes either. So you're not doing nothing to me, baby. I'm here to have a good time. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, that's – I think that's – I think the best thing anyone can do is figure out what 
you can put your energy into that will make you happy. And, you know, a lot of people, they have these like jobs. Like when you were saying you worked at this office job, you're getting up at 530 AM to go sit in an office and you don't want to do the work that drains you of who you're supposed to be. It take it literally, they call them soul sucking jobs for a reason because the part of you that can create and grow and blossom into this beautiful thing is being stripped down little by little until there's not enough left for you to really have anything left to play with and mold anymore. So if whatever, I encourage every single person to find whatever it is they want to do that makes them happy and start pouring your energy energy into it even if you can't make it your job at least have it as a hobby so that your job is not the only thing that defines who you are like that was you know it's when i meet somebody that doesn't like what they do and you can see it in them there's this heaviness to them that like it can't they can't shake it you know, yeah. and all of a sudden, like for me, like I had that heaviness. I had it. I was, you know, I had a million bricks tied down to me and I'm at the bottom of the ocean struggling to breathe, looking up, going like, why can't I surface? And then I did stand up comedy and I was like, bah. and all of a sudden, not only was I floating up past the ocean, I was going toward the sky and I was like, whoa, like this is how high can we go with this? And the answer is limitless you know it's, yeah. it's it's as much work as you put into it and that's part of the fun of this is like it's ever changing my career has never had a linear path no one's career in stand-up comedy has a path anymore mm-hmm. it's it's i mean it has a path but nothing that you could tell anybody what to do right you know it's not like if you were an accountant well you go to school and you study it and then you get a job at like a, some kind of firm probably at a low level and then you work your way up blah blah but that doesn't that's not a thing in comedy there's mm-hmm. a billion different ways that you can make it at this point so you just got to start figuring out what's going to make you happy and just dive the fuck in yeah absolutely man absolutely it's it is sad and when you say it's a soul-sucking job literally the only thing that kept me going was listening to podcasts listening to comedy because you know again going back to you know music and stuff I've I've got playlists that I curate. I've got I've still got CDs and stuff that I still play that I burned in like eighth grade, just my own mixtapes. I love music, but eventually sitting in an office listening to the same playlist, the same songs, as much as you can like yeah. the, like the music, it gets so boring, it gets so tired. So when I started listening to podcasts, I was like, oh shit. Like this is this is something that I would like to do. I mean, I like talking, you know, I can do stuff like that. So that was kind of like, oh shit, this is something this is something different. This is another avenue for comedy this is like another another outlet for it you know what i mean and then like listen this also uh uh-huh no go ahead go ahead go i was gonna say podcasting and like these conversations are so good for your mental health like i i often ask people they'll be like what do you like about podcasts and i'm just like when was the last time you sat down next to somebody for an hour and a half and just talked without looking at your phone without distractions and most people are like i've never done that in my life 
Yeah. And I'm like, I know. And I do it every week, at least once, if not multiple times. And it's just beautiful to look at another person or just, or even just for my podcast, it's not even visual. It's just like basically a phone call just to talk for that long and dive so deep. It's just a great format. You know, mm-hmm. it's a great medium. Yeah, absolutely. And like my favorite podcast to listen to was uh, the church of what's happening now with Joey Diaz. Now mm-hmm. it's the joint. Sure. Um, and just listening to him talk about, you know, as crazy as shit was for him growing up, as crazy as shit was for, you know, everyone else who he brings on, that kind his his whole attitude and, you know, his uh, I guess Rogan's Rogan's class of or Rogan's group of friends. His you know, crew, his yeah. His crew, yeah, Segura, Bert Kreischer. I love all of them. Um, you know, I started listening to podcasts because of Joe Rogan. I think it was the first time that Steve O was on. And I was like, oh, shit, this is fucking cool. Like, I've never just, this is like, this is just like the Tonight Show. They're just talking. But the cool thing about, you know, podcasts is they weren't necessarily there to just sell you something. Like Paul Rudd said it, um, uh, he was saying uh, when he found out that everyone who did the Tonight Show was just there to promote something, it took away some of the uh, the glamour of it, some of the, the, it took away from the vibe. Because I always thought that they were just there to kick it. But as soon as I found out, oh. Yeah, they're just here because they have a movie coming out and they need, a, they need to promote it. They're just here to promote the movie. I was like, oh, so they're not just friends. They're not just hanging out and talking. And podcasting, that's exactly what it is. And especially when the people are friends and the conversation is just so genuine and it's on a, on a subject that you know they can relate to, it makes the podcast so much better and it makes everything so much more relatable than listening to a celebrity tell you know Jay Leno, oh yeah, we were shooting over here and this, that, and the other and you know whatever it is here it's it's raw it's it's so personal and like i was saying earlier you know when i would hear people talking about like oh uh when i heard uh mark norman talk about uh imposter syndrome i was like oh shit that's a thing and then you know you would hear people talk about other things i'm like oh my friend does that i can help him with this hey did you know that you can do this this and that hey bro i heard about this book you know and it's just it's 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 a different energy and it's such a a you can communicate with people on such a personal level where it's it's like we're friends like me and you we had that one brief conversation at zach's show and because you know it's just an avenue that we're both into we're both just good guys we like to have a lot of fun the conversation is just so organic and i feel like that's what makes good podcasting just organic conversation because so many times like you were saying when was the last time you, you talked to someone for an hour and didn't look at your phone when I listen to a podcast, I feel like I'm part of that conversation. I feel like I'm in the yeah. room with them and it's just a, it's a, it's a whole cohesive energy of just, you know, spreading love and good vibes. You know what I mean? And that's that's what Definitely. I that's what I love about podcasting, man. And I also, dude, I agree with you 100%. Like I hate so much when people just come on to promote their new special that's coming out on November 19th at 7 p.m. on YouTube called When Does the Club Shut? I mean, why would it? I mean, I'm not doing 10 podcasts this week to talk about that. I'm doing it because I want to be with the people, Damon. Right, exactly. I want to get into it. No, I know. I had to throw, I had to throw that in there. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, dude, I, I, I honestly like, I, I love this. Like, I don't care. Like when I told my fiance, I'm doing four pod, uh, three podcasts plus hair bear say, she's like, you're going to be so sick of talking. And I was like, 
Um, do you know me? Do you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding? I could do this all fucking day, every day. This is, this, I consider this my, you know, this is a press tour. When something's about to come out, I can't actually do a press tour right now, nor probably would I be at the level where I am, but I can do a shit ton of podcasts and interviews and things like that and just have fun talking to my friends and, you know, talking about what this special is and why we made it and what it's, you know, why we want people to watch it yeah it's all fun hell yeah man and then so kind of touching that that that's so funny that you segued into that because that's exactly how i was going to segue into it so since since we're not here to promote anything tell me about the special that's coming out yeah i mean so yeah i mean i just said all the dates and everything november 19th 7 p.m pacific time on youtube it's on my youtube channel alex super comedy very easy to google but basically um, I went to London last year for a week, uh, brought two friends along with me, did a bunch of shows. One of my friends is a incredible filmmaker and he filmed the entire thing. He filmed every single show that I did. He filmed us just running around London, being silly, eating pastries, all, you know, everything that takes basically going to another city that none of us had ever been to and what it's like to be a stand-up comedian traveling abroad to do a bunch of gigs and he turned it into this half hour blended it's part comedy special part tour documentary part travel log and all of it is just a super fun ride with uh me as i run around london and do as many spots as possible and it moves really well it's it never you're never watching there's about 20 minutes of stand up in it but you're never watching me do stand up for more than about 20 seconds and then it's underlaid you're listening to the joke but you're looking at footage of us like doing things in london so that's where like the tour documentary part comes in like if you've ever watched like you know like uh, like that foo fighters documentary rolling stones documentary there's so many of them where you see them on stage they're playing but then the the music keeps playing but then it's showing them on the tour bus backstage getting signing autographs but you're still listening to the same track that's how my friend approached this special so we're doing you're listening to the jokes but you're looking at footage of us all over the city and just like having fun and it's there's like a music video in the middle of it there's some really fun little interstitials of just like hilarious moments there's a ton of beautiful time lapses um there's a lot of uh, obviously some you know some some good jokes in there um Yeah, it's just it's 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 very watchable. And the people that have have already seen it, which is only a very small group, only about five people have seen it. All of them have agreed that, like, this is a very unique way to present a comedy special. But also it's way more entertaining than just watching a guy standing in front of a blue wall in a theater telling jokes. I mean, like, I mean, you know, this dude, comedy specials are great. Until you start doing comedy and you go to see comedy all the time. And then you never, you can never watch a special that captures what happened in the room. It's almost impossible. And so when, when he made this and we got it down to where it is now, this like 27 minute, like, you know, super compact version of what we started with now 
it's interesting and it moves and you have so it's so much more visual than a normal special and there's so much more for you to like get involved in and um that's why i'm so proud of this and so happy about it and why i can't wait for people to see it because i do think it's going to inspire people to kind of change the way maybe that they present specials from here on out one major one major major uh comedy company um actually told me they're like this has purple onion vibes all over it if you're Mm. familiar with that zach galifianakis's special yeah yeah i was gonna say is that a that's the the that yeah I was yeah, gonna make. A, I was gonna try to make a two ferns. I was gonna try to make a two ferns reference, but the brain couldn't compute fast oh, yeah. enough. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's exactly. But Zach Galifianakis did this special like ten years ago. That is mostly him on stage, but also him. There's this this weird interstitials happening of mm-hmm. him, like you know, you know, driving around in a van and playing his twin brother and stuff. And so that's this isn't quite that far off like this is a lot more pointed but it is very fun to just see us you know in a brand new city in a strange land just trying to figure out like the system and how comedy works how my comedy is going to go over over there that's super cool man that's super cool so did you go out there um and you were hitting open mics out there or did you uh, no open mics, all booked. Okay. Oh, all, all booked. booked right on, so, dude. Okay. Yeah. So I did. I did twelve shows in five days that I was there. Oh shit. Um. And so I was doing. I was doing a minimum of two, a couple times three a night. Yeah. And just. I mean, and that's, that's what part of the fun is like, literally like there's a shot where you're listening to me tell a joke and then you start seeing me run through the city and it says like current time, 842 next show, 855. And me and my friends are just sprinting through the back alleys of London, trying to get to this next show and you're listening to the joke. And the next thing you know, I'm at the next club. You know, so That's there's so part of that cool. fun of just like, of, of yeah, and just, you know, meeting a bunch of people and eating all this good food and going to the iconic London spots like Shakespeare's Globe Theater and Parliament and, you know, just like all the stuff that like you would expect to see. But now it's us experiencing it um, through the eyes of like, you know, three, uh, three people that have never been. That's cool, man. That's cool. Well. I'm very excited to watch it. Um, like I said, November 19th is going to be my anniversary. So I don't know if I would be able to catch it right at 7, but I'm definitely catching it that night. Don't worry night. about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to be catching it that night, man. I'm very excited to see it. Um, my man. Cool. This- and the one thing I'm... Oh yeah. The one thing I want to tell everybody that's anyone that's listening to this, um, the best thing you can do, obviously, is watch it, share it, like it on YouTube and stuff like that. But honestly, if you're listening to this, please leave a comment on it because that drives it into the algorithm so much harder if you like and leave a comment. So even if it just says cool or this sucks, whatever, I don't care, but just put an emoji in there or something because it will further drive it to more people. And that's the biggest thing you can do since I am self-releasing this. Um, I have to try to get all the views, you know, every view is dependent on me. So that's why I'm, you know, more than happy to come on podcasts like this and talk about it because if even one more person watches it from this and leaves a comment, then this was 100% worth it. I mean, obviously I get to talk to you, but, (laughs) uh, (laughs) yeah, man, but you know, 
dude heck yeah. yeah so this this was a lot of fun brother this was a lot of fun i'm very excited to to see your special it's been very exciting kind of seeing you go uh i mean like i said i had seen the the clip of america's got talent before you did the shit show but after the shit show i was i've been a fan and you know you let everyone know i was really i was i was, I was kind of scared to ask you about the about doing the podcast and i'm so happy that you're here and it's just been a lot of fun you're you're a lot of fun to talk to and you, uh, thanks, man. You, you, you're, you're an even better person than you are a comic, and you are a fantastic comic, my friend. Oh, I was about to be like, uh oh, that's not good. Oh, uh, you are a fantastic <laughs> comic, but you're an even more beautiful person. You're, you're a beautiful soul, and even the the quick conversation we had at Zach's show, and then today, just vibing with you, you know, everything was just everything was real cool. So I, I appreciate you coming on. Dude, my absolute pleasure to be here. You're awesome. I appreciate all the support. And yeah, man, we'll do it again in the future. I really appreciate this. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. You uh, you want to plug anything before we uh, wrap this up? I think I plugged it all, dude. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you can find your Instagram and stuff. Com. Yeah, hoopercomedy.com. Um, sign up for my email list on there. You get a free nine-part roasting guide of how to throw a roast when you sign up for my email list. So that's free. Sign up for that. And then all my social media is at Hooper Hair Puff. And I'm very easy to find. But yeah, Achilles Heel Podcast. Watch When Does the Club Shut on November 19th. And go follow me on everything. Hell yes. You guys, go follow my man. You already know the deal. I need you to be drinking your water because that's important. I tell you guys every week. And some of you are probably getting tired of hearing it, but I'm going to tell you again next week. I'll see you guys on Thursday. Mondays are dope. Alex is dope. Bye, guys. Let's go.